Welcome back to the Whole Nine Yards podcast. Drew Pian alongside here, Brandon Kikorian, uh Friday at noon. Uh, since our last episode, uh, probably the biggest thing that's happened is uh, Dodgers won the World Series. Initial reactions? Yeah, it was a game that had a lot of uh, controversy involved, involved in it, um, especially in the sixth inning, which we're, we're about to get into. But uh, first off, I just want to say uh, to all the people who are congratulating Clayton Kershaw on getting a ring, and they're so happy for him. You know, I'm not really I'm not really sure why they're so happy for him. I mean, at least people I know. Um, I mean, I don't know anyone that's a Dodgers fan or a Clayton Kershaw fan, so I'm really not sure why they're so happy for him. Um, I know I'm it's something not, that you don't like. I'm not happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just not happy. Like, I mean, I just don't like the Dodgers. I don't like Kershaw. I don't really like Betts. I don't know how he could be happy to see Kershaw get a ring after how long he's choked. I guess if, like, him, like, not choking – uh, you know, makes you happy, even though he didn't. It's not like he played like the best. Like he's not like he played like prime vintage Kershaw. But I mean, he was pretty good in the two games that he started. He but. was good, but I mean, he wasn't like prime. Like you know, one point five, one point four shutdown. Yeah, I don't know. I just I personally, I just wasn't that happy to see the Dodgers win. I just don't think they're a very likable team unless you know you're actually a fan of the team. Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really care for the Dodgers. Like, like you know, I wish. I don't know if I, I don't know who I wanted to win the series because I'm a Yankee fan. Obviously, the Rays beat the Yankees, but you know I wasn't like happy to see the Dodgers win. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I was a Yankees fan, I guess I'd just hope that like both teams lose, even though that's not actually possible. <laughs> uh, anyways, though, I guess the most controversial decision, at least in Game Six, was uh, Kevin Cash. Uh, he pulled Blake Snell in the sixth inning after he was. I mean, he was in the middle of throwing a gem. Yeah, uh, Snell was five and a third in. He only allowed two hits. Uh, he had nine strikeouts. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've heard from other people that, you know, Austin Barnes, the ninth hitter for the Dodgers, he got a single with one out in the fifth, which then they pulled Snell after because uh, he was going to face the top of the order. But I've heard that they were going to pull him no matter what. Like, even if he got Barnes out, they were still going to pull him. Uh, because he was have to he was gonna have to face the lineup for a third time, which is something that the Rays don't do. They don't like their pitchers facing a lineup for the third time. But I, I understand that in the regular season. But like you say, like they usually pull Snell out in the fifth, like the fifth or the sixth inning in the regular season to save him. So if you were saving him in the regular season, like why would you take him out in game in an elimination game? You know, like I don't I just don't understand that. It feels like a uh, very baseball thing, you know, super analytic, number-based thing. Uh, no, like, human element into it. Uh, I just didn't – I don't understand it at all. Uh, I don't know why. It's game six of the World Series. You're not, like, saving him for anything. Like, you're not really saving him for game seven. You're probably going to, you know, let him go all out here. He's probably not going to play game seven or if they would have if they would have won that. Uh, I just think it's a stupid decision. They asked Cash after the game if he regretted pulling Snell out, and uh, he said, I regret the decision because it didn't work out, but, you know, I feel like the thought process was right. If we had to do it over again, I would have the utmost confidence in Nick Anderson to get through that inning. I mean, to me, like, I I don't understand that at all. Like, you leave Snell in for, I mean, at least until he proves he has to be taken out, probably, or if he can make it, like, a, over 100 pitches, like, two hits still I mean then you take him out after that once he starts to slow down but I don't understand the whole two times through the order thing uh I guess I haven't been told about the numbers behind it but in this case it definitely didn't make sense and it didn't work out so yeah I mean that's what they've been doing all season long but 
I mean, there's there's multiple things that like just like that don't justify taking him out. See, like one, you should have just kept him in no matter what. Um, and even if you want to say he was facing the top of the order, well, the top of the order in that game, the first three hitters were over six with six strikeouts for Snell. So it's not like they'd been getting hits off him or tough at bats. I mean, he had six strikeouts. So I'm not sure what the thought process was there, like in the middle of the game while you're watching it. Obviously, like they had this planned out from the beginning of the game, like before the game started, like they were going to take him out when he faced the lineup the third time. But I think like while you're watching it, I don't I just don't see how cash doesn't override the front office there and just keep him in. No, if you know baseball, you know you should have kept him in, like, watching it. I think, like, I went straight to Twitter, and, like, everyone was, like, no one could believe that they took him out. And you also brought in a guy who, he had a .55 ERA in the regular season, but in the postseason, he'd given up six, he had six straight appearances with giving up a run before coming into game six. And obviously he did give up, uh, gave up a run, one went to Snell, but then he also gave up one of his own in that inning, which that turned out to be, you know, the game winner, uh, because you know, the, the Rays, I think, like, once you take Snell out, I think the offense, the Rays' offense isn't good to begin with. They only had Rosarena, who was doing anything, honestly. And once you give up those two runs, like, there was just no way they were going to score. Um, and then, you know, Mookie gets a homer in the ninth just to seal the deal. But I think it was probably one of the worst decisions in World Series history. I mean, probably of all time, I would say. I can't really think. I mean, maybe there's something from, like, the 40s, 50s I can't think of, but I would say in the last 20, 30, 40 years, I would say it's probably, like, that's probably one of the worst decisions ever made. Thoughts on uh, Corey Seager MVP? Any issues? or? I have no issues with that. People said it should have been bets. I don't really understand no, that. No, he was not good. No, he, like, no, no, he was no. good, like, he was good, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't I mean, he wasn't even, good. like, good. Like, I, like I mean, he made the, def- the defensive plays, but, like, offensively, he didn't do much, you know. I mean, not, Seager was way better. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I know for a fact it's nothing close to his typical MVP or typical regular season numbers. And uh, he's never been a postseason player. No, that's why. I mean, that's that might be a reason why the Red Sox wanted to not sign him to a lot of money. I mean, I'm sure the biggest reason was it's a lot of money. But uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons I never really liked him as a player uh, when he played on the Red Sox. I mean, I wasn't a Red Sox fan, uh, but I, you know, I lived in like the Boston area, so it was like pretty popular thing he never was a big performer in the playoffs uh he had only until this year he had only one home run in the postseason that was against Clayton Kershaw so it's like I'm in the not, game that was over that yeah. game was over when he hit that and so I don't count it doesn't count uh he hit it like 200 like in the postseason or something like that I don't uh, that's not a 100% number but it was something like that so and one thing for the Snell um Mookie hit 200 versus lefties this year and he slugged I think 218 I think the number was I mean like if you slug 218 against <laughs> a pitch against the uh, type of pitcher i mean like slugging is usually like five like 500 600 it's like average yeah. i think like setting 600 is average like slugging 218 i mean that's he I, I don't think he even hit a homer against a lefty this year so i mean as soon yeah, as they took him out horrible. he got a, he got a double so moving on we're going to get into a uh, week eight of the nfl just going to talk about the future games uh first year pats bills uh afc east matchup it's actually probably a must win for the Patriots and it's a big week for the Bills um they've lost their last two and the defense hasn't looked good they cannot stop the run Josh Allen is not returned to MVP form yet uh granted it's been against the two arguably the two best teams in the AFC the Chiefs and the Titans I think this would be a very Bills game to lose uh somebody who's been watching the Bills 
at least twice every year, but more than that. Uh, they're just, you know, they're prone to choke. Uh, Allen still has that idiot in him where he just – I just still can't – not to be Colin Coward, but I can't unsee Josh Allen in the playoff game just, like, chucking the ball, like, when he was running. You remember that play? Yeah. That was, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. And, you know, this year he's definitely played better. But he still misses throws, and he still is really dumb. And with that, like, potential on that Bills team, like, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Pats won. They've played horribly. The Pats have played horribly. Their offense has been probably the worst in the league over the past two weeks. Uh, Scored, what, 12 against the the Broncos and then six against the 49ers. Both of those defenses aren't, like, anything super special. Uh, Newton has looked horrible, just as bad as, like, Brian Hoyer and, like, all these horrible backups. The receiving core is awful. Uh, We've already talked about that, though. The offensive line is a bit banged up. The Pats' defense uh, definitely is not as good as last year. Uh, You you know, you've lost from the opt-outs. You've lost Vano at a free agency. You lost Hightower to an opt-out. You lost Chung to an opt-out. So I don't know what to think about this game, but I definitely know if the Patriots want to stay in contention for the division and for potentially a wild-card spot down the road, this is a must-win. Uh, the Bills it isn't necessarily a must-win, but if you want to get back on the right track, you definitely want to win this game. If you lose three in a row, and one of those being to a two and four Patriots team, that's not a good look, especially because the Patriots are kind of like on the edge of just like going down for this year. Uh, and considering the Pats have been the greatest dynasty in all of sports, this is like this is the Bills' time, and I think a lot of the NFL is just like really hoping the Bills win this game because if they make the Pats go two and five. I mean, you know, the league's going to be cheering. So, Yeah, I think this is a must-win for the Patriots if they want to get the playoffs. Um, I was looking at their stats. Julian Edelman is their uh, leading receiver this year with 315 yards. I mean, if that's your leading receiver, I mean, you're, I mean, you're just not going to go anywhere. I mean, I mean, out of curiosity, can you na- how many receivers can you name on the Patriots? I, can ma- I could probably name... Go. <laughs> I can name Edelman, even though he just got injured today. I think he's out for this week. He is. So, yep. Nikhil Harry, but isn't he injured also? Or is he? He's just a bust. Yeah. He's yeah, horrible. He's just, yeah, he's not good anyway. I'm done. With, I'm like, you know, I kind of had hope of going to this year, but I'm done. He's he's bad. Yeah, he, no, he's done. Um, I, I think exactly. I, can, I think I can yeah, name That's the point. Two. That's the point. You know, I, I can name more. You got Gunnar Olszewski. I'm sure. I, I mean, who is that? Jacoby Myers. Uh, there's this bird guy. I forget his first name. It's like hard to pronounce. Um, then there's a uh, Zuber. I think I forget his first. I think it's Isaiah, but whatever. It's stupid. Uh, the receiving core is horrible. That was basically all I wanted to make at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, this it's gonna be a tough game. I think anyways, because division game. You know, every division game is always a tough game. But um, I think the Pats are gonna struggle only because I mean the Bills are the home team in this game and. The Bills, the Bills have a pretty good defense, um, and they play a lot better at home. I don't know why, but they just do. Um, and, I mean, the Patriots just can't move the ball anyways. And if Cam, I mean, he had three interceptions last week. I mean, he looked terrible last week against the Niners. With the, I mean, that defense is good. They should have pulled them earlier than they did. Yeah. I mean, the defense is good, but, like, I mean, they have so many injuries. It's just, like, not yeah. even close to where it could be. And no, yeah, he struggled against them, like, mightily. 
So I think he's going to struggle again. I mean, unless he can get the run game going, which I think is their only option if they want to win. No, yeah, yeah. And the only way they could win is if their run game, they rush for like 200 yards and their defense gets at least one or two takeaways. That's just the only way. Newton has to probably rush 15 times. Uh, Lots of read option. They're also going to have to get some ground game going with the actual running back. So that's probably Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead. And you're, you're going to eventually have to get Newton going through the air. You're going to have to get him set up with some screens, some easy short passes. You have to get Newton back to where he was week two against the Seahawks. Because week two against the Seahawks, I mean, he looks great. Uh, I don't know what happened. I guess the only thing I can look at and see is COVID. I don't know how that made him like just become like horrible but uh i mean it needs to improve and it needs to improve like now for them to really have a chance yeah i think i think the covid's been underrated for cam i think like it really has affected him because i remember when westbrook got it in in the nba like he got it he was like one of the only nba players really to have it at least before the bubble started and he he just wasn't the same player like you could say what you want to say but he was he was averaging 27 you know 8 and 7 in the regular season. And then he got COVID and he just was not the same player. So I think it does have a pretty big impact on athletes, especially if you're playing quarterback. And, you know, if you're like a wide receiver or something like that, it may not affect you as much just because you don't have the ball every time. But especially what he has to do, because he has to run the ball a majority of the time and, you know, obviously he has to throw the ball. So I think I think it's had a bigger impact than I think most people are uh, taking it as. Moving on to the arguably game of the week, Steelers at Ravens. This game is another divisional game, uh, just like Pat's Bills. Um, I think whoever wins this game is most likely the division winner. I don't really see, again, like I don't really see the Browns, um, or obviously the Bengals aren't going to win it, but I think whoever wins this game will win the division. Um, that's why I think it's a huge game. Uh, it's in Baltimore, so obviously they have um, the home field advantage there, but uh, the way the Steelers have been playing, I mean, their defense has just been so good this year, and the Ravens' offense, like, you know, pretty underrated. Their offense has not been good this year. I mean, Lamar, I was I was never a big fan of Lamar um, coming out of college, even last year. I just never bought into him. And I think this year people are just figuring them out. I don't know if it's because they should have more game film or just because their offense just isn't working the same as it was last year. But their offense is definitely not the same. They're not moving the ball um, as they were last year, even though they still may be scoring a lot of points or blowing people out, I think that's really just because of the defense. I think the defense is a really good defense. Um, and I think that with the way Lamar's been playing, like, I, I, I mean, we're going to get into this later, but, you know, I'm probably going to go with the Steelers here. Um, and then I think, I, I think they're going to win the division also. I mean, yeah, honestly, looking at the remaining schedules for both teams, whichever team does win this is, yeah, definitely most likely win the division. Uh, just looking at the Steelers here, notable games really just include the Bills, uh, this, the Colts, if you count that, and then the Browns. Uh, the Ravens have a slightly tougher schedule, if you really want to call it. The only games they really have uh, is the Titans. Um, I mean, but the Steelers have already played the Titans. Obviously, they're going to play each other again later this year. Uh, the Ravens do play the Patriots for whatever that's worth. I, I mean, we'll see. Uh, they don't play for another couple weeks, but maybe this, maybe the Patriots pick it back up again, and that becomes a difficult game. I definitely think the Steelers have a, an easier schedule for the rest of the year. I, I mean, I'm not again. I'm still not sold on the Steelers. I think the Ravens were are more likely to get further in the playoffs. Uh, although I'm definitely not a fan of Lamar either. Um, 
he definitely deserved MVP last year. Like had a great statistical regular season. But again, it just comes down to like the trust factor and his performance in the playoffs. I just don't really trust him. Uh, he's not super accurate. He misses targets sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't trust Lamar either. Uh, his two playoff games, he's just not. I mean, like his first one, I guess, is a little. You can make an excuse. His first playoff game is a rookie year. He came in halfway through the season, so he's kind of playing with like house money there. But I think for last year, I mean, they were. I think clearly the best team in the NFL last year, and they just, I mean, you could say what you want to say about the defense and not stopping Henry, but if the offense can just show any life in that game last year, they probably win that game. So I think with the way, again, with the way he's been playing this year, uh, he needs to pick it up. I and mean, again, they're 5-1, and one, so they're obviously going to make the playoffs. They're still one of the best teams in the AFC, but he needs to pick it up offensively because when it comes to the playoffs, I think they're really going to need him to to make throws and make plays with his legs or they're just not going to win again. So I think it's as easy as that. I think my favorite thing about the Ravens, it's not even about the Ravens, but I remember watching Colin Coward before the football season started and he does like whatever certain segments and he's talked about the Ravens and he was like, this is the one team in a long, long time where I wouldn't be surprised if they went 16-0. and And I, I just thought to myself, like, that's just so stupid. Yeah. I mean, not only because like teams just don't go 16-0, and but because like, I mean – it's Lamar. Like, I don't know. I just – why the Ravens? I mean, he, we've clearly seen he's wrong. He, they lost, like, week three to the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, the offense just isn't elite. Uh, and if you have to win it in a shootout, I just don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. They're, I mean, their defense has to win games for them. Going over to Saints at Bears here, an underrated game. Uh, it's important for both teams. Uh, and it's important for the Saints because you want to stay in the division race uh, against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is pretty unpredictable right now, but it's definitely uh, a safe bet to say that they're going to win a lot of games this year, and if the Saints want to compete, they have to keep winning, and this is an important game. Uh, you definitely want to see how Breeze plays in Chicago. You want to see if he can throw downfield. You want to see if he can throw with some zip in a cold-weather uh, atmosphere. Uh, it's important for the Bears because you know this is a legit team, and there's definitely people that are still step skeptical about this team. Uh, I think the biggest reason is going to be the quarterback, Nick Foles, slash Mitchell Trubisky, but right now Nick Foles. I I'm also one of those people that doesn't trust him, and because of that, they're not really a legitimate contender in my opinion. But if you can go out and you can ball out on this uh, Saints defense and win this game, maybe in a shootout, then you're definitely going to get the attention of a lot of NFL experts. And I guess in the Bears locker room, that isn't really like an important thing. But it's definitely important to prove to the league that you're a legitimate contender, uh, prove to the Packers you're a legitimate team. So I looked at the weather, like you were talking about earlier, um, and it's going it's to be 43 degrees in Chicago. And as we know, Drew Brees, you know, he's a dome guy, he's a warm weather guy. So, I mean, it's going to be cold. I don't know what the winds are going to be like, but it's probably going to be like, it's probably going to feel like 25 there. So, we're, I mean, they're going to have to rely on Camara a lot this game like I mean they already rely on him like 70% of their offenses 80% of their offenses Camara but they're gonna have to rely on him even more because I just don't see Breeze really you know being able to throw I mean one he can't throw the ball anyways because his arm shot but in cold weather I just don't see him performing as he normally would if he was in uh, New Orleans but one thing is that Michael Thomas I mean I don't know when he's coming back he supposedly was at practice today but he was supposed to come back like two weeks ago, and then 
he had they had a bye last week and he was supposed to come back this week, but then I think like two days ago they said he wasn't coming back. So like I don't know what's going on. I don't like supposedly he's injured, but I like I just don't I don't think he I don't think he actually is injured. I just don't think they're playing him. I don't, is that crazy to think? Or uh, I I can't tell you if it's crazy to think because I don't know. Um, I don't think anyone knows. It's weird though. I I don't understand it. I mean, if and if you're gonna contend, you need him on the team, and then he has to come back at some point to have some sort of like chemistry. Not that they don't have chemistry, but some practice, like post COVID, at least. Uh, it's weird. Um, looking at the game plan, something I hope happens, and I, what I think the Bears should do, and I'm assuming they're gonna do this, is you plan for Kamara. You say we're stopping Kamara at all costs. We're going to stop the run game. We're not letting you dish it off in screens. And we're going to make you actually throw the ball downfield to Emmanuel Sanders uh, if Michael Thomas does come back, Michael Thomas. And I am very interested to see what Drew Brees does this game. I'm assuming Brees goes like 100 yards, like 12 for 25, and like two picks. Um I mean, I guess people might call me like a Drew Brees hater. I don't really think I am. I just think I'm a realist. Uh, his arm's shot. What do you think about Brees in 43-degree Chicago weather? And I think it's going to be a lot of screens to Camara, a lot of flat, you know, just handoffs, thumps, anything. I mean, it's literally going to be the game plan for the Saints just give the ball to Camara and just hope that he can break an 80-yarder. You know, one, at least once in the game. You know, hopefully he goes for like 200 scrimmage yards and like three touchdowns. I think that's I think it's the only game plan that the Saints can have for this game. Okay. And so if you're the Bears, I mean, you have to stop Camara because like, there's no way the Saints can move the ball if Camara's not touching it. So. Okay, so are the Saints just done then? Like, are they like? The thing is, I, I believe in the Saints. I don't know why. But how can but you if they're only? I know. I don't the, know why I do, but I do. I think like once Thomas comes back, I think like. I just think their offense is just way more expanded. Even with Breeze just not being as good as he is, because, like, you know, Michael Thomas is the five-yard slant king. You know, it's just what he does. He gets five-yard slants and he takes them for 40 yards. But, I, like, I, for some reason I believe in I don't think they're better than the Bucks, but I, I think they're a top team in the NFC. So I don't know why I think that, but I do. I'm just going to say right now I don't. I really don't. I mean, they might make the playoffs just because, you know, they're a competent team, they're well-coached, and Drew Brees isn't going to make a lot of stupid mistakes. But I definitely – I don't think this team wins a playoff game. Well, I think it depends on who they play first round. Like like we were saying earlier, like or last week, we were saying that they could play Philly first round. I mean, would you take him against Philly? I mean, it would be in Philadelphia, but – I'm not. I'm taking the home team. i take New Orleans in that game. I would take Philly. I, I know that's stupid, but I – my Drew Brees, like, hope scale, I'm, like, really low on that scale. I'm, like, near zero. Yeah, you're really low on that scale. I'm like 25. 25. But I think 25 is good enough, though. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about the Saints, but I just – I think – I mean, this is their last season, so I think I have to put I have to put my trust in Would they them. be better off with Winston as the starting quarterback? I think if, if he somehow was able to cut his turnovers down by like 30%, then probably yes. I think it even means I think it needs to be more than thirty percent because he went thirty touchdowns. I just 30 don't touchdowns. even trust them to cut it I, down by. 30%, I don't necessarily so. either. But if I if I'm if I'm the Saints, and let's say you do lose this game and it's like in the fashion we think it might happen in, and then that continues for another month or maybe another three weeks or two weeks, I mean, don't you have to consider just saying, all right, I don't know what it is, Drew Brees, but 
your arm is not good anymore, and we're going to put Winston in, and if he plays well, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Well, I think if they lose like two or three in a row, and it's because of Breeze, like not because of, you know like some crazy player defense, I, I think they probably do change. Like if they're, they're right now they're four and two, if they're four and five, you know in three weeks, I think you almost have to. I mean, how could you not? Because you can't stay with Breeze if you're four and five. You're not going to make the playoffs if you're four and five and you stay with Breeze. So, I think you have to change at that point. Yeah, I mean, the Saints could easily lose against the Bears. After this, they go to the Bucks. They could e- they could easily lose in Tampa. Yeah. And then after that, they play the 49ers. Is it unrealistic to think they could be four and, and five? And even though they play the Falcons the next week, I mean, the Fal- you could say what you want to say about the Falcons, but they could. They're a competitive game. They're not just a pushover. I mean, you know, they're, they're one and six, but like they could easily beat the Saints. And it's a division game. Yeah, I mean, every division know. game's always tough. So, and I think maybe this is just really stupid. And I shouldn't talk about Winston, but I think if you're going to put Winston in, you want to put him in against maybe a team like the Falcons, where their defense is just not that great, and it gives Winston confidence if he plays well. Even if it's not like 400 yards, three, four touchdowns, like if he just goes like 20 for 25, 250 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, like that's that's exactly what you're looking for out of him. And that gives him confidence. And after that, you get the Broncos and you get the Falcons again. So it's not like he has to go against any super tough teams. So like you're not you're setting him up for success, not failure, and that's important. Maybe maybe that's just stupid and the Saints do stick with Breeze. I'm assuming they do. I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they didn't. But it'd definitely be interesting to see Winston play this year. Yeah, and if they go on a losing streak, I think Winston most likely gets in. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I mean, this is for next year and years to come. But I, I know I'm. I wish I knew what the Saints thought about Winston and if they actually believe in him long term. I, I would assume no. Uh, it just seems like he just is so turnover prone. He, he and you know he played for the Buccaneers, so it's like, what do you kind of expect? But 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. That's like I've 30 interceptions. <laughs> How is that even possible? Yeah. Like if 30. I played quarterback, I mean, I wouldn't throw 30 touchdowns. I wouldn't even throw probably 30 completions. But And not even 30 interceptions, but also, I mean, I think he had like five or six fumbles, I want to say, that were lost, not counting yeah, the ones that he just that's... fumbled and they recovered. So, I mean, he had, yeah, he had 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions last year. Getting to our next game, we're going to talk 49ers-Seahawks. Uh, Drew, do you have any thoughts on Niners-Seahawks this week? Big game. No, nah, I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid joke. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a division game. I'm more interested in the Seahawks' defense and the offense. We know what the Seahawks' offense is. We know what Wilson is. We know what Metcalf is. We know what Lockett is. The Seahawks' defense is a question mark. Uh, if they're going to advance to the Super Bowl, the defense has to play at at least like a league average level, and they're going to have to make plays and cause turnovers. They just traded for Carlos Dunlap. We'll see what that does. Um, the Seahawks pass rush has not been good at all. It's been bad. The Seahawks secondary has not been good. That has been bad. Aside from like, I mean, it's all the defense has been bad. Uh, they just have to play better. We'll see if the Seahawks make any more additions. I think uh, they definitely should make more additions. Um, I'm not sure how much, you know, how many assets you actually have. Uh, We'll get into that potentially later in the podcast. Um, But, yeah, the the Seahawks defense, to sum it up, really just needs to play better for them to really go far. Yeah, um, they got Dunlap, like you were saying. But uh, I think the big key for the defense that Jamal Adams has been injured for a couple weeks now. 
Um, I think he's just a huge part of the defense. He makes so many plays, not just in the secondary, but sacking the quarterback and being able to rush the uh, passer, which is something that they don't do. So I think them getting Dunlap, and then he's like he. I think he's getting more motivated being on the Seahawks. He's been with the Bengals for almost a decade, if not uh, ten years now. But you know, he wasn't really playing with them. Obviously, you know, they're going young. And I think with the Seahawks on a winning team, he could make, he could be, you know, he's a good player. You know, a couple of years ago, he was a top player at his position. And I think that as long as he can give them some value and then if you get Adams back, it just shores up the defense a little bit more. So, and I think this week's a good week to get their defense going. I mean, the Niners aren't the best offensive team. Um, they rely on the run a lot and they have a lot of injuries at their running back position. Um, so, and they're one big receiver, like obviously if Debo, and Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver's uh, position, but Kittle's obviously their main target. Um, and I think if the Seahawks, I mean, this would be a great game to have Adams because he could just cover Kittle, honestly, the entire yeah. game. But, you know, they really need to focus on Kittle because he's their only, you know, threat down the field, in the middle of the field for big plays for the uh, Niners. So I, mean, I you think probably, you probably just chip Kittle at the line every single time, no matter what. I don't know if you double him. I, I guess if you don't have Adams, then you, you maybe consider it. Uh, I think a different part of the Seahawks offense or defense, though, that uh, has been a little bit weird has been Bobby Wagner's play. It's no, no, by no means has he been bad, but uh, he signed a contract and he's getting $18 million per year. I, I don't think he's earning that $18 million per year. Definitely not. He has not played as well as he has in past years. Uh, and if the Seahawks' defense is going to be like almost what the Chiefs' defense was last year, which wasn't great in the regular season, but towards the latter end of the regular season and in the playoffs, it really picked it up and it was able to create havoc and turnovers uh, and get that offense back on the field. Wagner's going to have to play like a borderline defensive player of the year candidate. And Adams is also probably going to have to play at a borderline defensive player of the year candidate, especially if they're not making any more additions. Um, we've definitely seen the Seahawks in some trade deadline rumors uh, for some big-time players. But, yeah, regardless, they're both going to have to play better. And, you know, the role players on that Seahawks defense are going to have to at least play a bit more competent for them to really have a chance, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, personally, uh, personally I don't really see them making, like, a big addition at the trade deadline. I think Dunlap Oh, well, they just don't have any draft capital, really. Yeah, they have nothing to trade. So, and really the only player they... Like that could make a splash would be Gilmore, but I don't see them getting Stephon Gilmore. So I think the defense is what it is right now, and you just hope when Adams comes back that you can turn into like a league average defense, which they're just so below average right now. Um, and you hope that, yeah, like you were saying, like the Chiefs defense, if they could be like the Chiefs defense from last year and turn it up in the postseason at the end of the regular season going to the postseason, then the Seahawks offense can be what the Chiefs yeah, offense last year carry. Yeah, because yeah. the Seahawks offense can carry. You know, every single game. They're, I mean, yeah. they do it anyways, and they're they're gonna have to do it no matter what. Even if yeah. the defense plays, you know, elite oh. defense, they're still yeah. it's gonna be the offense that wins games. So I mean, it's, it's gonna be, have to be Wilson. Wilson's yeah. gonna have to win. It's gonna come down to Wilson not making. You know, he cannot be throwing three interceptions, and he can't even really be throwing. More he can't be throwing one, one interception. Yeah, he really can't. Yeah. No, especially not in the playoffs. Looking at the Niners, uh, I mean, we've talked about the Niners. We talked about them last episode, so we'll make this quick. Uh, again. Um, I'm not exactly sure what to think of the Niners' season. They're really behind in the playoff race. There's so many teams that are competing. The Super Bowl hangover has really seemed to kind of hit them a little bit harder, not to mention a lot of injuries like Bosa. Jimmy G has definitely not played as well as he did last year. He doesn't seem 
the same. I don't know if it was a Super Bowl loss. Uh, I don't know if it was the Super Bowl hangover. Uh, not that they won it, but it's still a thing, even if you don't win it. And this has been a little bit confusing. Uh, I guess you don't have Sanders now this year. Debo Samuel hasn't been healthy the whole year. Uh, Kittle's still great, so that's not really a question. Mostert's out, right? I believe he's definitely out. He's on the IR right now. Yeah, uh, he's out. They have, like, so, no running backs. Yeah, so... I mean, we'll see. Uh, to be honest, the Niners aren't too interesting of a team to me right now. Uh, I just think you kind of have to play it out, see what happens. Uh, if Garoppolo doesn't play well the rest of the year, then you definitely consider dumping him. The way that contract works is there's a certain deadline. I don't remember the exact day. It's somewhere in the offseason before a free agency. Uh, but they can cut him and not have to pay much of that contract. Uh, much of the way I think the Andy Dalton contract was set up that same way on the Bengals one of those years. Uh, so that's what that's why those Brady rumors were a thing was because they could have just cut Garoppolo I mean or they could have traded him obviously but they could have cut him and just brought Brady in uh, we'll see we'll see how the Garoppolo thing plays out it's uh, something to keep an eye on for sure moving on to uh, maybe not too exciting of, an, a game, of a game but definitely a meaningful game uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles two really not good teams uh, probably top 10 worst in the league right now. But the NFC is so bad that these two teams are competing for the division crown. Obviously, the Cowboys have dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, also injuries on the defense. Zeke has not played well yet one time. The offensive line is just not very good right now, mostly due to injuries and retirement. This game is a game that um, I'd be, I was looking forward to earlier in the season, when the, before the season started. I thought this was going to be a huge game. I thought it was going to be two teams that uh, would be above 500, which obviously they're not, uh, if you look at their records. And I thought it was going to be, like, whoever won this game was going to win the division. And even though it probably still is that game, again, I don't really have faith in uh, Washington to win the division. Um, like they lost five straight games after winning against the Eagles in the first week, so I don't really trust that they're going to be able to be consistent enough to win games down the stretch. But I think whoever wins this game, even with how bad the Cowboys have been playing, I think whoever wins this game wins the division. But even that, I don't see the Cowboys. Well, the division game. games are super important, uh, more important than the NFC is right now, and that's because these are like the only winnable games for teams. Like, I don't see the Cowboys, Eagles, and the Washington Football Team winning many out of the division games uh, just because, you know, this division is really bad. And if you're playing an out of division game, it's most likely against a much better team. Uh, so these division games are big, not to mention, obviously, these are probably the two front runners for the division. So again, not maybe not a super exciting game, but prob arguably the most meaningful game out of the ones we're going to talk about today. Looking at the Eagles, uh, Carson Wentz arguably played better last week. I don't know. Maybe. Um, still, the team isn't good. Uh, the defense isn't very good. I mean, the offense is kind of still having the same problems they've had ever since the Super Bowl year, and maybe even including the Super Bowl year. Uh, the wide receiving core is just, like, not good at all. I don't know. I haven't done too much research on the – who did they draft again? Um, the guy from TCU. Jalen uh, Rager. He, yeah. Uh, I don't know how good he's been, but I'm just going to assume not very good. No. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I know there's rumors about Alshon Jeffrey being traded and this has gone back even when they made the Super Bowl, their receiving core was never good. Like they dealt with so many drops when they used to have Aguilar. He was like, he dropped like every single ball. 
I, I don't understand why they haven't been able to draft receivers. I don't know, but well, I want well, I want to go back to the Cowboys for a second. Um, they're it looks like they're going to start Ben DiNucci at quarterback. Uh, it doesn't seem like Andy Dalton's going to be able to start this game. Did they bring and in a backup or? I, well, they signed. They, I know they signed Cooper Rush, who has been on the Cowboys for a couple of years. I think from 2017 to 2019. But I mean, he's, I don't. He's not going to start. But um, I, I mean, if you have DiNucci starting, you're going to rely on Zeke a ton this game and just the way he's been playing he's on six straight games without 100 yards which is the longest of his career uh i don't know if it's just the start of season or just at any point in the season but either way i know it's his longest uh six games so they need a big performance from zeke and if they don't get that i mean there's just no way they win this game um even with how bad the eagles are which they are a bad team they should have lost last week to the giants um it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to win this game. And that's not even including how bad the defense is. The defense didn't get better. so. I mean, I definitely think Carson Wentz could just, like, I mean, he doesn't even have to play super well, but if he just, like, plays, like, competent, like, that just might be the reason they win because Carson Wentz just might be the by far the best player in that field even though he's not played, you know, outstanding. Uh, if he just plays well in the fourth quarter, it's like a 10-10 game or something dumb like that. Like, Eagles just may take it. It's unfortunate because I think you definitely have you obviously have a better chance as a cowboy as the Cowboys with Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback. Uh, you know he hasn't played well or even good yet. Uh, but like, even then, like the offensive line's so bad. Like I don't even think Dalton would be that much better. He'd maybe, be better just because he is better, but I, it wouldn't be that much better. Maybe not. I yeah. I, I this game. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be interesting to watch, but uh, just like seeing these two bad front runner for the division teams is just so there's something like interesting about it and I, I don't know what it is I guess it's just like seeing like these two dumpster fire teams right now that like we're supposed to be good it's just, like that's maybe that's interesting to me I don't know but I'm definitely excited for that game yeah I mean I'm gonna be watching it uh obviously but I mean am I excited to watch it no but it will definitely be interesting. I think it will be a close game at the end. I don't really, I don't really see either team being blown out. Um, I don't know I'll, how that even could happen. Uh, yeah, the, I think the only way a blowout happens is if the Eagles can get, you know, like a couple early touchdowns and then just over. There's like no way three picks. Ben Tanucci just pulls on Nathan <laughs> Peterman and just throws like four pick sixes off the bat. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. I wouldn't either. I would not be surprised. All right, moving on to our last game that we're going to talk about. We have Colts at Lions. Uh, this is a pretty interesting game, at least for me. Um, I've been pretty impressed with the Lions so far this season. They're 3-3. Three and three, And, I mean, they're not going to win that division, but if they keep playing like they've been playing, I think they definitely have a chance at the wild card. I don't think they'll get it, but with the way they've been playing, um, they've looked pretty good. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift's been uh, really impressive uh, for the Lions offense, and Kenny Galladay, obviously. I mean, he's he's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Um, I think it's just because, you know, he was coming after Calvin Johnson and then he's kind of been injured a little bit. So people really haven't been looking at him that much, but he's been really good this year. Uh, he was coming off an injury, so his numbers may not look that impressive compared to other top guys, but he's been really good this year. And I think a lot of people were thinking that Patricia was probably going to get fired midseason. Um, they still they, might. He still might. You're right. But I think people thought he could even get fired in the offseason and He's proving that, you know, if people buy into his system, which obviously it's a Belichick system, that's just what it is, and most people aren't going to buy into that if they're not molded in. And it's his third year as coach, 
and I think people are starting to buy into the system a little bit more. And I don't know how they're going to end this season, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know he stays the coach of the Lions, uh, especially if they end off on a good note. Um, so, yeah, this game is going to be, I think, a very interesting game, and I think it's going to be... Uh, if I was Bob Quinn, I... I would have fired Patricia last year. And the Lions could have easily been 4-2 this year, which is, you know, kind of crazy to think about because uh, they probably should have won the, the opener against the Bears. But they could also be 2-4 and four because, you know, uh, it was the, 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 the Lions-Falcons game last week was basically like which choking organization chokes harder. And apparently it was the Falcons last week. Yeah, Falcons um, have taken over that number one spot. Yeah, the lines aren't far behind though. They're just not good enough to choke in like important situations. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I would have fired if I was Bob Quinn, like I said, I, I'm firing Dan Quinn. Sorry. I'm firing Matt Patricia. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> firing Matt fired. Patricia last year in the off season. I, I don't know what I would do with Matt Stafford. If I could trade him for, you know, um, anything like anything valuable, I would, I would have done that. And I think he would have been able to, you probably still could if you really tried to. Uh, I would have just taken this year, maybe uh, just try to start building like the Dolphins last year, try to get a high pick, but also try to build a winning culture. If that doesn't happen, then uh, you know you're 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 really bad, and you have a you have a high draft pick for for Trevor Lawrence or for Justin Fields. I just don't know what you're doing uh, in this like era here with Patricia and Stafford. Are you going to be able to just draft a bunch of talent and become a Super Bowl contender over the next few years? I, I don't think so. Um, the Matt Patricia slash Bill Belichick system relies on winning as a credential to get people to buy in. And if you don't have that, people will not buy in. Uh, we've seen that with Bill Belichick, uh, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. And Patricia's, I think, probably going to end up being another one of those that he just doesn't end up winning at the start. The coaching job he takes just wasn't one that was worth it, in my opinion. Uh, when he took that job, I think Jim Caldwell had just gone like nine and seven or seven and nine or something. Uh, it, it, the team wasn't very talented, didn't have a lot going for it. I think Josh McDaniels, although he hasn't taken any head coaching jobs, uh, he's he's arguably done a good job so far, like in his head coach pursuit, by just not taking a job that is set up to fail, uh, like he kind of did for Denver. Uh, not to mention he did draft Tim Tebow, so he kind of he kind of did it to himself a little bit. But if Patricia had just stayed as a defensive coordinator for Belichick for maybe a couple more years, a year or two more, and just wait for the perfect opportunity, he would have been able to potentially step into an organization that is ready to win now and has some, you know, validity towards it. So he's not stepping into a loser organization like the the Lions. Uh, not having that. That winning culture, I, I just think, really hurts the Bill Belichick coaching tree, especially because Patricia, more so than a lot of the other coaches, is very, very Belichick. Um, I remember the first week of the first year he coached, he had the backwards hat, and everyone hounded on him for that. And then the next week, he flipped it around, go forward. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. But I think it just shows to, you know, for some reason how much Patricia wanted to copy Belichick to be that, like, whatever whatever you think of Belichick, how he acts on the sideline. I don't know how, what the perfect term is to describe it, but Patricia wanted to be that, and he still wants to be that. And you need winning, and you need it now to to supplement that style of coaching. And talking about the Colts, um, you know, 
like there's nothing that really excites me when looking at the Colts. Um, they, I mean, they got Philip Rivers in the off season. Uh, they, you know, they had Brissett as a starter last year, and I guess they thought Rivers was an upgrade. I mean, I'm not exactly sure if he's an upgrade. Um, I mean, they're four and two, so I guess you can't argue with you know the wins and losses. But uh, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm just not sure what to think about the Colts. You know, I, I still, I think they can make the playoffs if they can end. You know, maybe ten, if they can get to ten and six, uh, ten and six, which. You know, in that division, I mean, you play the Texans and Jaguars twice. You know, you would think that should be at least three wins, but you know, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. You know, they have a good defense, they have a pretty good offensive line, one of the top offensive lines, but you know, T. Y. Hilton's probably been one of the worst receivers this year. I mean, he's just not even close to what he used to be. Yeah, I, I just think the Colts are just in that like middle of the league where like they're not bad enough to be really bad. But they're nowhere near good enough to actually contend for a Super Bowl. Could they potentially get a, that last wild card spot or something? Sure, maybe they get it, maybe they don't. But you're not going anywhere with this team. Even if you get hot, you're not beating the Chiefs. You know, like even if you everything works out super well, you're not beating the Chiefs. I'm sorry, you don't have the talent. So like, what are you doing? Do you do you try to sell on a piece like Ty Hilton if anybody even wants to trade for him? I don't think anybody wants him, yeah. but I just don't see the point of this year. And I, I don't see the direction like with a team like the dolphins last year, I saw a direction with a lot of, you know, good organizations. I see direction and the Colts are a good organization. Jim Irsay has probably had his troubles as an owner, but overall they've kept the winning culture uh, with Manning and then with luck. And you know, that one year that they did tank for luck, you know, you saw the clear direction and you saw where they were going with it. And this year, I just don't. They were like, like they signed Philip Rivers, like hanging on for dear life to stay as a relevant team. Uh, I didn't think it was going to work out. I don't think it has worked out. They haven't looked like a top ten team, not even close, not close to a Super Bowl contender. So, like, what's the point? What's I the think point? they're just in the middle. I think they're in that phase where they think they could still contend, but like you said, they're not bad enough. Like they still have good players, so they're not bad enough to tank. If they think they can seriously like contend for a Super Bowl, if, if the GM re- legitimately thinks that, fire them right now because well, they're not. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think they think that. But and it, but like, but it, you know, like maybe a team, you know, they want to have like a like a, a like a good enough team so they sell tickets. But you're not selling tickets this year, so what's the point? I, I don't understand. Like, I, you're not really trading Rivers. I don't know who you would want to trade, uh, but yeah, I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. I think after this year is when they go into the rebuild. Probably. Because, I mean, they're obviously going to see that. I think Rivers signed a two-year contract, but he's not going to. Yeah. Like, even like even if they make the playoffs this year, which, again, it's a long shot, but if they do, I don't even really see Rivers even being the quarterback next year. I don't either. So, I think I think the rebuild starts next year. and. But wouldn't there, have this wouldn't have this been the year to start the rebuild with the whole COVID not selling tickets? I just think that they thought they could still be relevant. I guess that was a that's the only thought. I mean, obviously, like I think they knew like the only way they could be a like a good NFL team and have a chance for Super Bowls if they had like a top ten quarterback, which then they just don't have. So even and even they, then, they still probably yeah they wouldn't. they wouldn't. So unless I mean, they had like the best quarterback unless they, in like, the league, it would I would say unless you had like Mahomes, I would say Mahomes is probably the only person. Wilson. That you could put, oh yeah, Wilson too. Yeah, yeah, I would say Mahomes and Wilson are the only two people who could be the Colts quarterback and they could be Super Bowl contender. Yeah, 
So overall, I'm I'm not even suggesting like a plan. I guess my plan would have been like you know to tank this year, but for the future, moving on, I I don't really have a plan for the Colts. But uh, I just wanted to say like, what are you doing and what do you think you're doing? Anyway, it's gonna take a quick minute ad break here. Be back in a few seconds. Back from the ad break. Uh, going to get into some trade deadline talk. Um, essentially, what I'm going to do is I will list off some trades and you just tell me your thoughts, uh, whatever it happens to be. First one we've already talked about uh, a little bit, uh, Stefan Gilmore, but not to the Seahawks. Uh, this trade has him going to the Raiders. Uh, by the way, before I get into this, um, the trades that we found, they were from this uh, CBS Sports article. It uh, was a one trade. Each team should make 32 different scenarios. Anyways, uh, Stefan Gilmore to the Raiders for a 2021 first and a 2022 fourth. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this trade. I think... For which teams? Both teams? or I would say if I'm the Raiders. I just don't see... I think if you're the Patriots, yeah, you do that trade all day. You get a first and a fourth for a guy. I mean, you want defensive player of the year, but like, he's not going to be a part of your future. You know, so, because obviously their futures, I mean, it could have been a couple of years to the Patriots, but for the Raiders, I don't think you're good enough. I don't think you're at the level where if you add a top flight cornerback like Stefan, that you're going to elevate you to the point where you're a top team in the league. They're not even a top team in the AFC. So I don't under I wouldn't understand if they were, I mean, if they make the trade, they make the trade, but I wouldn't understand it uh, for them, especially when they probably need that 2021 first round pick. Next draft is 2021. Yeah, and I'm saying they're probably going to need so, that. So, what's the record going to be? Probably eight and eight, nine and seven. So you're looking at what? Yeah, like but you can maybe you maybe you want to trade up. You know, if Carr's not the guy, you maybe want to trade up. I don't think you get maybe. I mean, you're, you're going to trade Lawrence, but you can maybe get Fields if you want him. Fe- uh, I'd be. Very I mean, surprised. if they want him, depends on what Gruden. We're going to have to give up so much because I mean, nine and seven is we'll call it the 17th pick. Fields is probably going to go two. And I don't know if he goes two. I don't then think he'll go, goes two. Then he, he's top five at least. He's I think he's top two or three. I, I we see how these drafts play out every year, and Fields is more coveted than like somebody like Blake Bortles who went three one year. Well, I mean he's definitely better than Blake Bortles is, but no, but that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah, but quarterbacks I mean, typically rise as you know the draft comes closer. I I think it's going to be tough to trade up from sixteen to we'll call it five. That's very tough. Uh, you're gonna have to give up a lot for that. I'm not. I'm not saying that I do this deal uh, from the Raiders. I don't. That first round pick is still valuable, regardless of where it is. Um, I, again, Stephon Gilmore's. You know, he's he's kind of like you trade him if you if you if you want to win now and you want to win in the next few years. I think if you're the Raiders, you are. You know, you're you're trying to win now, but you're really your game plan is to become Super Bowl contenders in two or three years. Uh, so. I and I again, if I'm the Patriots, um, I, I do this trade if this is the best I can get. Obviously, if I can get something better, I do it. Um, so, so we're both no for for the Raiders. We're, we're both, both no. no for the Raiders. Yes for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, if this is the best I can get as as the as Bill Belichick, I'm doing it. Um, I'll yeah. take that 2021 first. Definitely. You can either maybe get a quarterback there, maybe not Fields. Maybe you decide to use a bunch of firsts to trade up for fields if you really like him but regardless of what you use that first round pick on it's still really valuable the 16th 17th pick in the league you also got to make the right pick though yeah but 
I guess just I, because Patriots really haven't made the best no, first round picks recently. Guess so. the last guess the last Pro Bowler they drafted. Do you know this? First round. First round. Hightower. Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Sam. Yeah. Actually, sorry, that wasn't even. That's not even first He's round. Not even that's first round pick. Hightower was. I, it's not even. Sorry, I shouldn't even have said first round picks. Just in general, that's the last yeah, Pro Bowl. That seven years. Yeah, actually, I don't know if it was Hightower as the last first rounder because who was drafted earlier, Jones or Hightower? They're both drafted, I think, back to back, or they were like two or three picks. I think apart. Hightower was twenty twelve, if I'm not mistaken. It was yeah, it was Jones and Hightower were twenty twelve. I'm saying like which one was drafted later? Oh, um, but they were like three picks apart, so I guess like either answer would be valid. But I mean, just technically, yeah, speaking. it's 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 been a long time. That's really yeah, it's what been it comes a long time. To. I could probably list off like all their horrible first round and other picks, but I won't bore anybody with that. Uh, moving on, uh, a different trade here. Uh, Lions would be trading Marvin Jones to the Ravens for a 2021 sixth and a 2022 seventh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't if you're the Ravens. I mean, Marvin Jones is a he's a pretty good wide receiver. Um, he's been kind of phased out in the Lions offense this year. Uh, I'm not sure why, um, but. If you're the Ravens, I mean, they need someone on the outside. Like they have, they they have like you know Hollywood, and they have Mark Andrews, uh, and they really rely on the running game, obviously. But they really don't have a physical receiver like that. I mean, they just signed Des Bryant, but I mean, I don't think anyone thinks it's a practice Des- squad, right? Yeah, which means he still has to get elevated to the uh, main team. Which I mean, he probably would, but I, I mean, mean, he's I not him. gonna make an impact for you. So no, I, same he, way Marvin Jones could. So I wouldn't I, see if you're the Ravens. I wouldn't see why you wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah, I agree. If you're the Ravens and you like Marvin Jones, do it uh, all day, every day, sixth and seventh. Like those players, like statistically, aren't even likely to make the team. Really, uh, if you're the Lions, I guess if you're just like done with Marvin Jones, I mean, I guess why not? But to me, I mean, ideally, I would just get Marvin Jones more involved because, you know, at your best, he's a part of that offense probably. Uh, and, you know, if you did want to trade him down the road, not this trade deadline, but maybe, you know, down the road, um, I guess I, I, let me look up his contract. Well, one thing I will say is that for the Ravens, like they're in win now. I mean, like, obviously, like if Lamar stays healthy and he is uh, the real deal quarterback, then like, you know, you're in win now mode phase. So I don't know why you wouldn't trade for a wide receiver who can at least provide offense for you where you really haven't had a lot of production on the outside yeah okay so marvin jones is a unrestricted free agent after this year so i guess you not you wouldn't trade him down the road but i i still think you try to make it work out uh maybe you re-sign him uh after this year if it does work out if you can get him re-involved in the offense and then you trade him again down, not again but you trade him down the road uh so you can get more than a sixth and a seventh because right now i i think all you'd about get would probably be like a fifth and a sixth maybe a sixth and a seventh maybe maybe a fourth but i'd be very surprised no you'd get a sixth or a seventh but i mean it's all you'd get yeah so i mean i guess if you're just done with marvin jones's lines you do it I, you know i don't know I, I for me my answer on the lines is like whatever they think uh, i don't I, I think you could justify yes you could justify no as the ravens i mean it's probably a yes no matter what uh, you've seen what he's capable of the past few years. I think you just take that chance. You you need someone to step up or you need an acquisition in that receiving core for you to become more elite in the passing game or elite in general. Moving on to another wide receiver, uh, former teammate actually in Cincinnati, 
AJ Green to the Titans for a 2021 fourth and a 2022 seventh. If you're the Titans, you do this. Um, do they need they need a wide receiver like AJ Green. Like he's not the same as he used to be a couple of years ago. Obviously, he's been injured and he's a little older now, but. He's an experienced wide receiver, and if he can stay healthy and he can be a part of the offense, which in Cincinnati is very hit or miss right now, but if he could be a part of that offense, obviously you're not going to have to rely on him. You have Henry. So, you know, it's only in big-time situations when you make throws that you're going to have to go to A.J. Green. But honestly, if I'm the Bengals, I'm not – I mean, he signed. he's only signed for this year. Uh, he's a free agent after next year. I really don't see the Bengals bringing him back. Um, but – I mean, unless if you can get a fourth round pick for AJ Green, then I'd do it. But honestly, I don't even know if they get a fourth round pick for him. I don't know if they do either. So if, I think if you don't get a fourth round pick for him, I think you'd probably just keep him. I don't really see a reason to trade him if you don't get a fourth round pick. Yeah, I don't disagree. If you do the if you get a fourth, I would do that as the Bengals. Uh, looking at the Titans, I'm not doing it. I don't like AJ Green. I think he's super soft. He you know he can run the deep route can't run much else in my opinion he's very soft uh watching him i've never you know i've never watched uh, a lot of Bengals games but from the ones i have watched aj green is again he's soft and i just don't think he's very good uh, across the middle and i guess the titans i guess you know aj green's not horrible for that like you know maybe but like why wouldn't you trade that. for him to the titans i don't think he's gonna work out that's why I don't think he's going to. He's injury prone. I'll just take. I'll just keep my fourth and my seventh. Well, if they don't have to give up a fourth for him, then you do I mean, it. If you right? could give up like a sixth round pick, sure. Like, you, like, but you would do it if you're the Titans if you didn't have to give up a fourth. Yeah, sure. Why not? If not, then I just you know whatever. He just sits on the bench for the rest of the year and you just let him go as a free agent. But I'm not giving up anything, a fourth or more. I just don't necessarily see the point. Uh, well, I guess I see the point. I just don't agree with uh, the outcome of the trade. Like, I yeah. don't think it's going to benefit yeah. the Titans. I, I agree with not giving up the fourth. But if I'm the Titans, I think, again, not giving up the fourth, I think you make that trade. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure, sure. Moving on to our last trade here. Uh, Will Fuller of the Texans going to the Packers for a 2021 third and a 2022 conditional fifth-round pick. If you're the Packers, um, I would say you, I would say maybe not a third round pick. I just don't know if Will Fuller. He's just never been healthy enough for me to give up a third round pick for him. I mean, it I seems think like that, a lot for Will Fuller. Right? Yeah, I don't think he's that good of a wide receiver for a third round pick. I think a third round pick for a wide receiver. I mean, didn't Hopkins get traded for like a fourth round pick? No, it was a no, second. Hopkins was second, it was like a second and a fourth. Second. Second, David Johnson, fourth, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, like, David Johnson's in that trade, but also the Texans valued him in that trade, so there's, like, there's difference. But, like, I mean, if Will Fuller's getting a third-round pick, I mean, for the Texans, yeah. If someone offers you a third-round pick for Will Fuller, I think definitely do that. Oh, I'll do that every day. Yeah, yeah. but I think I think that he's a great fit for the Packers, but just not for that price. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. I'm not paying Will Fuller. No, nah, he I mean, gives a third-round pick for year. one year. A third and a 2022 conditional fifth. I'm sure that conditional fifth would depend on if you re-sign him or if he, like, goes off uh, this year. Um, no, I, I'm not doing that. I don't even I, – I would do it for a fourth, and that's it. That would be the that would be the most – and that would be the most I go on that. Yeah, a fourth would be the most. And I have to know that I – mean, obviously, you know, Will Fuller has to pass the physical, I guess, to get traded. 
But I need I need to make sure Fuller's healthy, and he better not get injured. Because if he gets injured, I mean, well, I guess you know, I don't know. Uh, you could probably you could probably get a conditional back or something like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. But he'd be a great fit with the Packers. That's, he would. that's probably exactly what they need. They need another receiver. And I guess stretch the field. I don't know. I mean, I guess this is one of your last years competing with Rodgers. Maybe you just maybe you even though it's a little bit of overpayment. If the Titans are uh, sorry, if the Texans are like third or nothing or nothing, and we're done, I don't know. I, I I'm 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 trying to talk myself into disagreeing with you. Yeah. Um, maybe you just say, you know what, this is maybe the last couple years of Rogers. This third is probably not going to be very valuable. It's going to be a high, sorry, low third. Let's just, you know what, you only live once. Like, let's just do this trade and let's try to win this year. I personally am not doing that. Uh, again, we've talked about how I don't like him. Um, but maybe if you're the Packers, maybe you just consider it. If he's your only option, like if it's him or or you're not making a trade. For a wide receiver? You might have to. I think if they talk themselves into, like, he can make a difference that can get us to the Super Bowl, then, I mean, you have to at that point. But in my mind, he's not, at least for that price. But, again, it's, it's, I whatever, mean, could, Will Fuller, it's really whatever Rodgers thinks. If Rodgers thinks that he can make a difference, then they're going to do it. Yeah, so. but, I mean, is Will Fuller could Will Fuller not be the difference between them winning a Super, getting to a Super Bowl or not? I think it could be. I think it could be, too. Is him playing off Adams and with Jones? I mean, Jones isn't healthy right now, but when he gets healthy again, I mean, that's that's a scary trio. If full, if they're all healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think, I really think that you need another wide receiver as the Packers, and I don't love Fuller. I don't really like him at all. Injury prone. He's one of those players that still seems kind of soft. Uh, you know, runs a deep route well, doesn't run much else well, in my opinion. Uh, so. But if he's all, if he's your only option, I don't think you're getting into a Super Bowl if you don't make a, a move for a wide receiver this trade deadline, or at least in my opinion, as uh, you know, looking at the Packers. So maybe you just have to. Maybe you have no choice. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to if they have no choice or not. That's really what it's going to come down to for them. Like, would you rather have Fuller for a third and a 2022 conditional fifth, or like Marvin Jones for? Well, I guess maybe maybe the tr- the Lions don't trade Marvin Jones in the division. Yeah, they probably wouldn't do that. So let's just take AJ Green. Would you rather have Fuller for a third, and we'll just call it a third? Would you rather have Fuller for a third or Green for a fourth? I'd rather have Fuller. I don't think I don't think AJ Green's the receiver that the Packers need. Yeah, you're probably right. I think I'd take Fuller for a third too. And that's no that's an overpay for Fuller. But I think it's better than a fourth for AJ Green. Probably. Probably. Uh yeah. I mean there's not many great receivers on the market this year, which is kind I mean of there's really never when are there really great receivers on the market? I mean compared though? to last year. Well, I guess maybe not. I don't know. But Emmanuel Sanders is better than any of these people. Yeah. That was a surprise from last year that he was, you know, so available. I thought he was going to – I mean, I think the 49ers stole him. I mean uh, – They stole him. I wish the Pats traded for yeah, him. The, I mean, the Pats – I mean, mean, they traded arguably more for Sanu, who is, like, literally so bad. Like tired. <laughs> yeah, he's horrible. Such a waste. Moving on to the Week 8 NFL picks. Uh, same games we talked about earlier this podcast. Uh, by the way, we'll have more trade deadline talks um, on Wednesday once the trade deadline has concluded, what trades happened, what didn't. First game, Pats, Bills. Bills are minus four. Are you taking? I'm going to take Bills to cover. Uh, again, we talked about it earlier. Um, I just don't see the Pats moving the ball against the Bills. And with Bills being home, I think that's just a huge advantage for the Bills. So I'm going to take Bills minus four. 
I'm going to take the Patriots. Um, I think it just comes down to the Patriots are much more desperate right now. The Patriots typically don't lose this, this many games in a row. So I'm, I'm at some point I have to think they rebound. I'll take the four points. Uh, I don't know that the Patriots win, but they better try hard and it better be a close game. And if it's not, I mean, they're done. Uh, next game, Steelers, Ravens, uh, Baltimore is minus four. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they're minus four. I mean, home field advantage has something to do with that, but I think the Steelers are the better team, and I think the Steelers um, can cover minus four. And I think the Steelers honestly win the game. So, I agree here. I'm also going to take the Steelers. Um, I don't know that I like the Steelers more than the Ravens overall. Uh, I'm not a huge Lamar fan, but I do. I like John Harbaugh more than I like Tomlin. I don't necessarily know why. I think I just respect Harbaugh more as a – as a Patriots fan, because Harbaugh has been able to go into Gillette and not be scared. Tomlin has done the complete opposite. But I'll take the Steelers here. Uh, I think the Steelers win this game. Uh, even if they don't, I get four points. Um, I'll take that. Saints-Bears, uh, New Orleans is minus four and a half. Uh, I'm going to actually... I'm going to take the Bears. Um, again, it's in Chicago, cold weather game. Breeze does not play well in the cold. Uh, I just... I don't know if the Bears are going to win the game, but I think they're going to cover, and it's going to be a very close game. I agree. I'm taking the Bears here. Uh, I get four and a half points. Bears are at home here. Um, it's going to be a cold game. It's going to be a low-scoring game, which means that four and a half points means more. I think that's how math works. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Bears. I, again, I don't I don't know that they necessarily win. I think I'd pick them to win. Uh, but, you know, I'll take the four and a half points, and we'll see what happens. Niners Seahawks Seahawks favored by three this is gonna be a close game um I think I'm not even really sure where to go honestly on this one I think I'm gonna go Seahawks I think their offense is better than the Niners offense and I think they're just gonna be able to put up points and you just hope the Seahawks defense can hold the Niners to just limit them to some capacity and you hope the Seahawks can just go you know crazy offensively so I'm gonna take Seahawks minus three I'm taking the Seahawks too. Uh, I haven't been a big Niners fan this year, as we talked about earlier. Um, not that it's not, it's going to be a close game still. Uh, but I do think the Seahawks feel a little bit of pressure from that loss last week. I think they feel a little bit of pressure in that, in that division race against the Cardinals. Uh, if you lose this week and the Cardinals win, that's not a great place to be in. Definitely not a great place to be in. So I'm going to take the Seahawks to win and cover. Uh, I think Wilson has a, uh, a rebound day. I think he goes for a few hundred yards, a few touchdowns. Um, I think Garoppolo might be able to keep up a little bit. But I think uh, at, towards the end of the game, the Seahawks do kind of pull away. And I expect the Seahawks to probably win by about 10 points. Uh, maybe not in blowout fashion, but a solid 10-point game. Last game, Cowboys-Eagles. Philadelphia is minus 8. Yeah, Philadelphia being minus 8. I almost feel like that's too high. Way too much. I just, Way too much. I just don't even. I know they're home, but and the Cowboys have been struggling. But like, it's not like the Eagles have been much better than the Cowboys have. I mean, they should have lost to the Giants. I mean, they should. They Eagles could have lost a lot of games this year. They could literally um, be like winless right now. They could be honestly. Um, and you could say the same about the Cowboys also. But yeah, I think. If Dalton's starting a quarterback, I would take Cowboys. But if Danucci's going to start, I just don't see how. Even though it's so high, I almost feel like the Eagles probably win by 10 points. You know, I just don't see Cowboys covering that eight. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't feel confident in it. I'm I just torn don't see on it. this game. It's a difficult game to pick. Yeah, Danucci is as uh, an unknown, uh, and he's like ninety percent gonna be bad. I'm very sure he will be horrible. But eight points is a lot because both of these offenses aren't good. Uh, I, I guess both of these defenses aren't good either. So, but both of these offenses are not good, and they both have basically the same record this year. I, the Eagles have a slightly better record because um, of the tie. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I don't think they win the game. I think the Eagles win. I think Wentz does clutch up in the fourth quarter just like he did against the Giants. But eight points seems like a lot, doesn't it? It I is a lot. It, it seems a like lot. a lot. So I'll, I'll take I'll take the Cowboys there. And just to throw one more in there, there's a little special one. Jets, Chiefs. Chiefs are minus 19.5. Do you think Jets cover? Oh, that's so difficult. That's really difficult. <laughs> it's it's huge. Nineteen and a half. I mean, we know why it's huge, Ooh, but I mean, it's and huge. Half. Who are you taking? Who are you taking for that? Man, I'm gonna take the Jets. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna take Jets. Nineteen and a half. I th- I'm taking the Chiefs. I mean, maybe it's just because you took the Jets, but um, I think we've seen the favorites kind of come out on top for the most part this year. Uh, I I'll take I'll take the Chiefs on that one. Um, I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, they just had another. They just had a blowout win last week. I think they they feel good about themselves, and I think they come out here and they and they destroy this Jets team and just make Adam Gase feel bad about himself. Uh, That's why I think the Jets are going to cover. So I think they're going to prove that nineteen and a half is too high, and they're going to cover. They're going to lose, but they'll cover. I mean, so in a world that the Jets cover. How like what do you how do you think that's even possible? Like not that it isn't imp- impossible, but like what is your scenario for them? I think the Chiefs put up like twenty one in like the first quarter and a half, and they just slow down. They probably end with like thirty or something. Like, they probably end like low thirties, and the Jets can somehow get to like thirteen or ten. You yeah. know, like they like the Jets have to get to like ten points and hope that they like the Chiefs score like twenty nine points or something. You know, it's gonna be something like that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs though. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you stayed till the end, trade deadline talk next episode. I think that's about it. Yeah, I think we're gonna be mostly talking trade deadline next week. We're gonna have a recap of Week Eight also, but it's probably gonna be mostly NFL next week but we will be getting into basketball uh very soon as they're starting only in a couple months so that'll be starting up uh, in a couple weeks time drafts talk gonna be big i'm actually really excited for this year's draft uh talk about later excited for the free agency too it's not a big free agency but definitely excited anyways we'll be back wednesday at 6 p.m see you